Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Orange County. I had no idea that was your husband. To New Jersey. I never expected this. Step it up, step it up. Get behind the scenes and relive the drama. Don't talk to him, he's a little twerk. All of this is unimportant to me. With exclusive interviews and celebrity guests. Let me tell you something right now. This is Getting Real with the Housewives. Hey guys, welcome to Getting Real with the Housewives. A Housewives podcast from right here at Us Weekly, where we break down all your latest Housewives news, give you exclusive interviews with your favorite ladies, and dish the dirt on all things Real Housewives related. I'm your host, Christina Garibaldi. This week, we sit down with former Real Housewives of New York star Dorinda Medley, who talks life after Housewives, what she misses the most, and if she would ever return. Dorinda, I'm so excited. Last we talked, well, one of the last times we talked, you were, it was like mid-COVID, you were editing like crazy, and the book is out. How do you birth? How do you feel? <laughs> I gave birth to make it nice. And you know, isn't oh. it fun that this, the back cover is behind us? Oh, first of all, the photos are gorgeous. I remember when you took them. Are you yeah. happy with how they came out? Yes, I'm very happy with the whole thing. You know, it's a, it's definitely a, you know, in the same way you go through that process when you're on the housewives, you have to just finish filming and you have to just give it away. You have right. to just at some point, you know, well, on it, Housewives, it's kind of taken away because they take it and they edit it and stuff. But in right. the same way, at some point after editing and re-editing, which to me was the scariest part, because when you're writing it, it's not real. You're like, oh, I'm writing a book, sort of. <laughs> sort of, you're right. Like, let's just go through this. But it's not like it's really going to be in a you know, bookstore. And then you get the edit back. And I kind of thought you wrote it and gave it to Simon Schuster and that was it. Then you have to edit. And then I literally called Natasha one day at Simon Schuster. I said, I didn't write, I, I don't, you can't put this in the book. I didn't write that. She said, well, we didn't get it from nowhere. Right. Because it's really what I wanted the book to do and what I hope it achieved was a couple of things. I wanted it to be as if you were at a cocktail party with me and we were talking. I wanted people to say, oh, yeah, I can hear her voice. That's why I did the audio in my uh, the audio uh, myself. And second of all, I know that everyone thinks they know me and they do from the housewives, but no one's ever really connected the dots, you know, followed the bread. Oh, right. So now it's sort of like, OK, now I get it. Oh, I, now I see where all these characters and places and people and situations, how they have come to be. And I just hope they walk away from the book, you know, learning a couple lessons and just kind of understanding me. If I gave you the frosty, now you got the cake. Well, we've been waiting for the cake. 
And now we've got it. Was there anything ner- that you were nervous about putting in the book that ended up in the book that you're maybe nervous for people to read? I'm not nervous for, you know, I'm pretty transparent. You know, I was like that on the show. I mean, people love to hate me, hate to love me, but at least it was sort of authentic, right? <laughs> it was what it was. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't let you down on the authentic thing. Um, I think what was hard for me is, you know, I wanted to make sure that a lot of the things I told, I told from my point of view and not from the children, like Richard's children, who I'm very close to and mm-hmm. Hannah and my parents, you know, you've got a lot of moving parts because as, yeah. as I reveal my life, I'm revealing their lives a little bit. Right. 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 So I you have to, you know, you have to weigh that out a bit. And I had to, you know, the great thing about kind of being put on pause, the world being on pause and mm-hmm. being up at Bluestone Manor, I had the time to go sit with my parents and go through baby albums and go through wedding albums and go through yearbooks and talk to my brother. And Hannah was living here so I could really, and she's a great writer. So she helped yeah, yeah. me tremendously. Um, but I think I was a little, I wasn't sure how people, I felt like I kind of kept a dirty little secret about my, my eating disorder. And I was I never wanted to bring it up on the show because it would happen so long ago. But I also felt strongly about making it part of my story because it's a, it was a big part of my story. And it really, it was during my formative years. And I think it sort of shows another level of me. You know what I mean? That like, cause you know, along with any kind of body dysmorphia or eating disorders or any of anything like that, it's because you're, it's a control thing. Right. It's a competitive thing. Like it suited my personality per- perfectly. And I wanted people to sort of give them warning signs. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. We've been friends for I a know. long time now. And like you said, Hannah you- didn't know it. Hannah was like, what? Really? I just, you know, I'm really a person, Joe, that lives in the moment. And I don't, you know, I think because I'm always trying to, I am really trying to, when I meet people, make it nice and keep it light and keep it happy, and keep it about them and keep it right. positive. You know, who want, who really wants to hear about Dorinda Sinkala at 16? I mean, it's not like I'm going to be at a cocktail party saying, guess what? I was 16 years old and guess what I went through. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's an important part of my formative life. Right. You mentioned Richard and I saw that, you know, you had a hard time doing the audiobook when you got to the parts about Richard, tell me about that. Terrible. In fact, I've had three interviews where I've almost cried because you know what it was is that, you know, you all saw me on TV talk about Richard, but you got to remember when someone passes, you get to then restore them. So you don't remember all the stuff that happened to lead him to, uh, to this journey, you know, back to heaven or whatever. So I, you know, by the time I spoke about him on TV, in my mind, he was restored. He was the Richard I married, the Richard the kids loved, the Richard that was on vacation, all the, and to have to walk through that, you know, those months when he was passing and, and, and passing takes months. I just was like, wow, that was terrible. And that's right. That was so hard. Like I literally said to the kids, thank you for getting through that time because I don't even, I don't know if I was even a good mother during that time. It was just all about him and his dying. That everything, I always say when someone gets sick in the family, the whole family gets sick and you forget about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't available. I was only available to him and his journey. And, and, you know, and Hannah and I talked about it and the kids page and Aiden page and I talked about it. And I think it, 
made us closer. It's a funny thing. When I was talking to, to my stepdaughter, I said, it isn't interesting. I remember the conversation she brought it up that after Richard passed, you know, because I met his children older, there really wasn't an obligation to stay close anymore. Right. I could have oh. gone off. Mm-hmm. I could have, you know, seen them. But in a weird way, Richard's passing brought us close closer because now we had to make the choice to stay close. It wasn't because of this marriage anymore. Right. So that was sort of the gift that Richard left behind. I mean, I think Richard would be very proud of how close we still are. You know, we all are. In fact, I think we're closer. Paige That's was just here two weeks ago, dropping off a piano. I love it. I feel like the the years that we've known each other, I feel like I know Richard now because you're so good. <laughs> you're so good at like expressing your marriage with him, who he was, what that relationship was all about. And I think that is what people are going to be excited to read about because you are such a good storyteller. So you you putting it all into the book is what people are really gonna be excited to read that we might not have seen on the show. Well, that's it. And you know, even Hannah's father, who I'm still very close to, you know, you never really realize <laughs> that I was married for a long time to someone else, surprise, you know? Right. <laughs> we see Hannah, but we don't follow the breadcrumbs that there's a man behind Hannah. No, and, and I think a lot father. of my friends thought Richard was Hannah's father. That's right. Because and people aren't connecting the dots. That's right. So I, I think this was really an opportunity to connect the dots. Now it makes sense why I love entertaining, right? Because I talk all about my time in London and, you know, having, I'll never forget it. They were like, I, I landed, I was a new wife. I'd been living in New York, very hip. And all of a sudden I was an investor baker's wife living in London. And they were like, for your first dinner party, I'm like, I don't know how to throw a dinner party. <laughs> like, literally, I was like a kid wearing a Chanel jacket. It was so stupid. Wow. I was like this grown up overnight living in, in you know, it. you got to remember back then there was no phones, no, no cell phones, no nothing. Like you literally did this to call your mother. Right. So you were out there. So alone. you were Not abroad. Alone, but, you know. I was alone because Ralph worked 15, 16 hours a day back then. Wow. Speaking of Hannah, was there anything that she said, mom, don't go there, don't put it in? Or did she say? No. Hannah's a real writer in that way. She just thinks you need to speak your truth. You know, Hannah's a very strong, um, expressive person that um, does it. She expresses herself definitely less emotionally than me. She's more involved in that area. But yeah. no, she's, she's a real creative in that way. I think when you're a creative, you kind of respect the process a bit. Yeah. Did you give her snippets and say, can you read this over? Every chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Because, Joe, I am a horrible writer. I mean, I I did not enjoy that process. It was very hard for me. I'm a great talker. Put Mm -hmm. me in any cocktail party. Put in anywhere in the world. You don't even have to speak English, and I do well at a cocktail party. I would just (laughs) use a lot of hand signals, right? She really pull help to pull it out of me because you have to, it's a, it's a whole nother discipline. I have such a respect for writers, people that have that as a career, because you gotta be, you know, I, I told this story, poor Michelle's heard, heard it a million times, but I told a story once where I went to a cocktail party with Richard at the council of foreign relations. And I was like, I didn't want to go. And I was having time and, and all these people. And I got to the cocktail party. And of course I talked away to all these people and politics and stuff and, and I remember getting in the cab or getting in the car and saying to Richard, 
I am just such an interesting person. Look at me tonight. I, I barely knew anything about the topics they were talking about. And look at the way I sewed that room up. I said, you know, well, Richard, I am so interesting because Richard was a huge writer, wrote every day. I said, I, I think I should write a book. And I'm telling you, he didn't laugh. He guffawed for like 10 blocks. He was like, <laughs> you? He's like, sweetheart, I would listen to you talk about laundry, okay? That's, you could make laundry sound interesting, but you are far too social and you like people far too much right. to be a writer. And I didn't understand that until I had to write because it's lonely. It is. It's an isolate, you know, you're just, it's you putting everything down on paper. And I would think all night tomorrow when I write, tomorrow when I wait between 10 and 10, I'm going to write this and I'd get to the computer and be like, stuck. I don't really know anything. I don't really have that much to say today. Yeah. And Hannah would say to me, well, tell me about when you were a teenager. Tell me about your relationship with your mom. I'd be like, yeah, I had a really nice relationship with my mom. She'd be like, and? <laughs> What's that? So Shanna helped me because she was like, Do Hannah's the one that really helped me with the idea of doing it by chapter, just focusing it on by chapter and just living in that chapter. Because I think I got overwhelmed by the, you know, when they were like, we want it to be 10 chapters. I'm like, 10 chapters? Who the <laughs> hell has 10 chapters to talk about? Oh, my God. I love it. Well, we were joking before we started about finding you a husband. Would you marry for a third time? You never say never. That's my go-to. But I would, I would love, you know, it would be nice to have a partner at some point, but I don't think the timing's right for me. My energy's not there right now. I think I'm going to be one of these older women that has a great partner. I just think right now it's yeah. about work. Like I really am really enjoying, Hannah the other day was like, you should get a dog, like, because she just got a new dog named Parsley. Uh -huh. So she's like, you should get the sister. I said, I don't want anything living in my house anymore. I don't want a plant. I don't want, I don't want, I just, I'm really content for the first time to just have this incredible, this is the key word for a woman, freedom. Love that. I get to do whatever I want. My yeah. friend said to me last week, hey, why don't we next week go, go to Soho House for a, a night? I have to do something down there. We'll fly down in the morning. We'll come back late the next night. I was like, why not? I don't have to answer to anybody. Right. So you're going? Yeah. I think if it happens, I'm going to go. But the point is, I used to always be like, oh, I can't because of Hannah. Then I have my husband. And my husband gets this and this and this and work and work can't do that. And this, I'm a free agent. Anybody out there wants to take me on a trip, I am available. Call me. I love that. <laughs> well, we're going. We're going somewhere. You're coming uh, to Bluestone Manor eventually. I was going to say, we've been talking about it. But you never do it. Listen, I'm coming this fall because I saw you buy all the Halloween decorations the other day. And you know Halloween's my birthday, so it's the perfect. I'm going to come up in the fall and I'll help you decorate and we can have a great weekend. Oh, yeah, my Halloween's off the charts. And it in is. a weird way, I don't I don't want to get people upset about this statement. It's probably something I should admit, but it's an us exclusive. So you ready okay. for it? Yeah. I may enjoy decorating for Halloween more than Christmas. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> I do too. Here it is. <clears throat> Only Us magazine. There's the Us Weekly exclusive. <laughs> no, because everyone knows you're like the queen of Christmas. But Halloween, I've always sort of known this about you. Halloween's your secret favorite. Halloween's because you know what? You do it just because you love it. You know, Christmas, you got to do it for everyone else. You do it because right. it's presents. You do it because that's... Halloween, you do it just because you do it. 
for sure. Well, I want to go back to you, uh, you dating and everything. Cause you know what fans wanted me to ask today was, have you been talking to John? Do you keep in touch with him? 100%. I just went out for John's birthday a couple of weeks ago. How, how are Listen, they? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I said it on the show. I, I, you know me, I don't say it if I don't mean it. I said, you always have a seat at my table. And the great thing about people in my life, I don't lose them. Like if you look at my life cumulatively, I have, I just, I just keep adding to the, the, the dinner table. Every once in a while, someone just gets pushed out just every once in a while, but pretty much my dinner table just keeps, you know, and it's funny because Ralph knew Richard, you know, Richard knew John, John knows Ralph. (laughs) It's just your harem of men. Yes. Men and friends. Yeah. Did you, uh, this but was the, the morning, Mary, you know, if I were to come back, I would be great living in like a commune because I like that. I like having people around. And I'm going to tell you something. I live in a house, Booster Manor, that likes people. The house is happier 100% when it has people in it. Like company for me is not a burden. I don't even think about it because I let people do what they want to do. They just need to. Sh- the only obligation of a guest at Bluestone Manor is they must be in the blue room at six o'clock on a Saturday night for cocktails and a dinner. That anyway, otherwise, I don't bother you and you don't bother me. I love that. Well, I'm there. But I, this was a follow up we got about John. Did you have to find a new dry cleaner? <laughs> That's been a dilemma. Whoever asked that to tell you the truth. <laughs> No, that was a big loss for me. I bet. <laughs> I mean, I was dry cleaning everything in sight. In fact, at one point, thongs came back that got dry cleaned. <laughs> the they literally were like on a thing, held up. And it was oh. like, this is going to, ah, that's a problem. Oh my God. And you know, that there's nothing like that dry cleaner. No, and that's sort of a nice, it's like one thing, like you date a doctor, you get like free medical advice, all this other stuff. But I feel like people don't realize how nice it is to date a, like one of the best. And, dry and that dry cleaning Manhattan. was like the couture of dry cleaning. So it came, it looked, it literally walked in your house because you used to stuff everything like a person. So like two items were this big because it was like a couture dry cleaner. Yeah, uh, that's a problem. I'm sad that you brought it up, actually. I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking of the people that have left your table, you mentioned on Watch What Happens Live, and I was kind of surprised to hear this, but also not. You said you're not keeping in touch with Ramona. Nope. Do you think that there's, um, I know you always say never say never, but do you think that there's going to be a moment of reconciliation or are you just kind of good going down your own paths? I, Ramona and I have a long history together. You know, it's definitely on my mind. She, I've known her for, God, well over 20 years now. Right. So it's sad that we kind of have parted ways for now. But, you know, let's see what happens over time. You know, I, I would say this. I would, I would hope that it could. But, you know, on the other hand, if it's not meant to be anymore, maybe it's not meant to be, you know? I feel that it's way. strange I, because she's been such a big part of my life for so long. Right. Sometimes you have to break up with friends, though. I've had to. Yeah. Just the same way you break up with partners. Well, and I also think, Joe, you know, uh, the world has changed a lot in this past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And with that change came a lot of other changes, not only just with friendship, but within us. You know, I, I'm sort of entering the world again, a different person. Don't you think you are? 
Very much so. Very much so. I mean, let me give you an example. Someone said to me the other night, I was in New York, like, oh my God, it's great you're in New York. Let's meet for dinner at Indochine tonight. And I said, okay. And they called me back and they said, I have an 845 reservation. I said, what are you insane? <laughs> going out of here. I was going to say, they don't, they clearly don't know you well enough because you're already in your PJ. But you know what? Two years ago, I would have done that. I would have right. had drinks at the Bedlam Bar, da, 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 ventured downtown, and it would seem all normal. Now it's like, you know, it just rhythmically, we're all a little different now, but that may change again. But I definitely feel more. It's a, a terrible what we had to all go through and the world had to go through. And we would, I was so blessed to be up here and be close to my family. Um, but it really was an incredibly building period. I would have never been able to write this kind of book because I'm proud of my book. I'm proud of Make It Nice. I think it was the best. I don't know if the world's going to love it, but I'm proud of it. I feel like I did the best I could and gave it as much time as I possibly could. But could have I done that if the world wasn't on pause? Could I have done that if Dorinda Methley wasn't on pause? Right. And I think it's the best time without saying too much, because, you know, I'm a fan of all the housewives. I'm a fan of Bravo. We're we're good friends. I think this was the best time for a pause. And we'll just say yeah. that. People and look at I did that. I did so many great things. I did this book. I did look at this. I came out with a bourbon. Blue no, you bourbon. didn't. Yes. It's beautiful. This is not the real label. It's the mock-up, but it's all going to be gold embossed. And it's that, very down. I love that. What a great idea. And look at the, the yeah. Well, it goes with the house, right? Because the house used to be a speakeasy. It does. It fits right in that room. And then I came, I did a candle. Look. Oh, this is incredible. And the scent is beautiful. I, I'm doing the great thing with Airbnb. Yeah, wait, I wanted to ask, what is this Airbnb thing? Oh my God, it's so good. Because all of my friends are like, Dorinda invites you to the Bluestone Manor. Now everyone's going to get there before you because she's airbnb it. Well, you know, it's so funny. So, um, you know, I'm going to be away. I program the book. And um, I just thought, you know, people have a love affair with Bluestone Manor. It's, it's really almost like an urban legend. And I don't think people really think it's real. Like sometimes when I'm doing a Zoom and I'll be here or I'll be in the billiards room, People are like, oh my God, are you a Bluestone man? I'm like, yes, it's a real place. I live there. It's not a film set. <laughs> Literally. This room wasn't made for Luann. It actually was made for children. Right. <laughs> so I think there's a little bit of like this thing of like, I said to someone the other day, it's almost like Cinderella in the castle. You know, was, yeah. I used to go by that castle at Disney and think, oh my God, she really lives there, right? It wasn't until I was like, I don't True. know, 16, where I was like, I didn't realize she didn't really live there. And there's right. a little bit of that. And also, too, you guys don't really see it on TV. And I just thought, you know, it's very curated. It's not like people are going to run wild through my wardrobes and stuff. That's what I was, I was going to say. I'm nervous no. for you. It's very curated. You know, there's a certain, everybody wants to stay in the fish room. And I've only opened up part of the house. So, and it's only for two one-night stays. So it's like the person comes and stays for the night and then, I come back in the morning and they have people, security guards here. It's more of a, it's a stay, but like now I'm getting all these emails saying, can I come stay in October for a week? I'm like, no, it's <laughs> seriously. This person's with me. So I said, hi, my name's so-and-so. I'm having a bachelor party with seven girls. How much would it cost the Airbnb for a week? I'm like, well, cause it's a promo. The money goes to Ronald McDonald house. Right, which is amazing. Yeah, but you know what I mean? This is, it's supposed to be like an experience. 
And Joe, I'm excited for people to see it. I think it's going to make for some great Instagrams. And I think people yeah. will tell some great stories. I Why not? Too. It's a building. What a great idea. This house was built in 1902. It's been here 119 years. It'll be here another 119 years. And believe me, Airbnb knows what they're doing. They, yeah, this, I'm not, this is the first, you know, horse and pony show. Definitely. Well, I don't want to dwell too much on the show, but I am curious about what you put in the book when it came to your friendship with the ladies, because like you said, on Watch It Happens Live, you keep in touch with all of them except one. Did, were they nervous about certain things that you might put in the book? You didn't read the book, did you? Not yet. No, you didn't read the book yet. Yeah, I don't really go into that. I go into more the process and the, the, the process from my point of view. I really try to not make it like, I don't like when people, I, I personally, for me, I don't like when people go on the show and then come off the show and use it as a weapon to talk about each other. Because my whole thing is if I want to talk about the other girls, then I want to be on a platform where they can talk back. Right. So I'm, I'm more talked about the process more than the, any individual. Like Were you for me, what the process was like. Were you pleased with the process? Yeah, I be, but I think it's a little look into the process and how it's people don't. This is why I, I get very um, I'll always defend my housewife girls, because I think it's very takes a, a level of bravery that no one realizes. You realize it because you are with the girls and you get it. Not a lot of people could do it. And and you have to be a certain type of person to be able to put yourself in that situation film the way we film. You guys just see a little bit of it and put it all out there for the world to consume any way they choose. Right. So, you know, and they don't realize it's very, it's hard work and it's nerve wracking and it's scary and it's exciting and it's fun, but it's a whole plethora of things when you are on the real housewives and it's, you know, the first time I, I talk about it in the book, the first time I realized I was no longer a private citizen was a moment that I was like, I'm never going back. Like the days of walking around in my pajamas to get, you know, a banana at the fruit stand is over. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And that changes you a bit when you are, you know, when you're, when I'm out now, I'm much more aware. And I, I can, I can, I can hone in on it now. Like just, I was at big Y yesterday in great Barrington and I could see, I came around the corner and I could see it. The one was like, cause it's like, they see a ghost, right? Right. right? It's like, wait, <laughs> <Dorinda>? <laughs> so, and you have to be, so, you know, I try to like, um, I try to just get to it quickly. Like, yeah, it's Dorinda. How are you doing today? You know what I mean? Just so right, we can get along. past it fast. Right. <laughs> Otherwise they're lurking around corners trying to figure out what milk you're buying. Like, let's just get it out there. Right. You know what I mean? 1% moving along. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> wait, this is one story that I heard. I can't wait to read about it in the book. I didn't know that Princess Diana bought. DC Alcazier. Okay. Tease the story a little bit. Let people read it in the book, but this is incredible. Well, I ran a company called DCL Cashmere. It was like a luxury. Back then in London, when I lived in London and I wanted to do something because my husband was working a ton and I love fashion. And I was teaching a little bit of aerobics on the side just to keep myself occupied. I realized we used to go to Scotland on the weekends and uh -huh. there was all these amazing mills up there. And I realized there was really only Harrods, Scotch House, Pringles, 
Like all the cashmere was either this, a crew neck, a cardigan, a turtleneck or a twin set. And I started to see all these cashmere factories and I started to just design sort of sexy cashmere, which was unheard of back then, like extended sleeves and halter tops and body suits. And, you know, I came up with a hole in the finger. You started it. You know, you did unfinished sleeves that came all the way over. And and I, I, I really got involved with this very curated group of girls, like all of a sudden, lady this and lady that and. You know, Ivana Trump bought some and Joe Collins bought some and I got involved in all back then they'd have all these little private sales. And it really was another way for me to socialize and get connected. Yeah. You know, and I became known as the um, I remember Laura, remember Laura Bailey, the model. I don't. She was dating um, Cindy Crawford's first husband, Richard Gere. So at one point he was dating Laura Bailey and I guess it was a big coup in London. And I never forget that I opened up the Daily Mail or the whole magazine or something. Oh, no, it was the Daily Express. And it said, Laura Bailey jumping out the back window in a DCL cashmere halter top. I was like, what? Amazing. Because a halter top was a big deal back then. Right. It was very cutting edge. To, you know. oh. So what happened was, is one of the contacts, um, it just got around and one day, you know, I sold it in my house privately. So she just showed up privately and bought some of the cashmere. They called ahead. So this girl, Sophie had arranged it. And then I saw her wearing it. Wow. So did you meet her or were you not there at the time when she came in? Yeah, it was my house. I sold it out of my house. I sold it in a little room in my house. But you got to remember, she used to work out at the Harbor Club where I was a member. London was much smaller back then. Mm -hmm. There was no Instagram. There was no. And she really she really was out and about. I mean, it wasn't rare to see her. Um, And she was very, you know, in that way, she was very pedestrian. She was always out with the kids and she always she knew a bunch of the people we knew. And she used to call me her doppelganger. I was going to say, I feel like I've seen that now that there is Instagram, people always say Princess uh, Dorinda Medley should play Princess Diana. Well, when I was younger, I looked much more like her because I had the short hair and stuff. But she's just, I'll never forget it. I was just a true star. I was at a party in uh, Park Lane and it was Louis Vuitton was just coming to launch, I think, their first clothing line or something. So I'd gone and I was wearing a pink jacket, a Chanel jacket. She was wearing a pink Louis Vuitton jacket. And she said to me, oh, oh, boy, there's my doppelganger. Maybe you'd like to take pictures for me on behalf, you know, on behalf of me so I can sneak out. And she and I laughed and she laughed and it was that moment. But it wasn't like we were hanging out in bed or having tea. Oh, no, no. But- if she saw me, she would know who I was. You know, right. but it's not like we were I didn't have her on the phone book or anything. But see, these are the great stories that we are going to read and make it nice that we didn't see on TV. I mean, from you being candid about your teenage years and the eating disorder, your uh, experience with Princess Diana, Richard, Hannah. This, I mean, I cannot wait to dive into this. Well, book. the one you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to listen to it. I think. Well, I, well, because it's in my voice, so it's it. I did the audio in my voice, but I think the thing that was nice for me is to revisit all those Durindas. Hmm. I really did enjoy it because you'd something you forget, but you place them, you don't of go course. back there. You know, yeah. I really enjoyed just being that young person in London. And I really, really enjoyed writing about Hannah's birth because of course she's my most important thing in my life, but to really write about it again and remember that moment. And because I can feel it right now, it never goes away. That connective moment. It was truly like a fusing 
It was like that. one spaceship made in the other, you know, <laughs> when they do the thing in yes. space, they're like, oh, go, yes. go, and they click. I love that. Well, I can't wait to read it. Let me ask you this, if you're going to come back to the show, but what I want to ask you is, what is it going to take for you to come back to our TV screens in any capacity? I don't know. What, what will it take? Someone's got to ask. Someone's, I'm sure people are asking. I'm not a producer. All right. I'm not, it's, it's a, that's in the hands of the big people, not me. I'm just yeah. little old Dorinda here at Bluestone Manor making it nice one day at a time. One day at a time. Does that mean you'll say yes right away or you got to think about it? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know like when they're going to film again. Do you? I've been talking to some people and it seems like one big question mark. Well, yeah. Someone told me the other day they're thinking about not even starting in the fall this year. I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of out of that loop. But that would be a shame, wouldn't it? Because New York in the fall, it's our first fall. It's everyone's first fall back. New York is going to be open. I mean, how can you have a fall in New York without the, to me, I will hold the New York Housewife girls close to my heart forever. There is nothing like a good New York Housewife. Come on. Oh, it's the best. The other ones are great, girls. You're fantastic. But the New York Housewives, we know how to play. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Getting Around with the Housewives. But if you need your housewives fixed before then, head on over to usmagazine.com where we've got you covered. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.